receive whatever the Lord has for us today from his word. And with that in mind, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for um, Father, thank you for meeting us where we're at. And Lord, we are here today <laughs> at 1185 North Clinton Ave. At this time, 1155, we are here today. Thank you that you're meeting with us here and now. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. Your word is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. We need your word. I thank you for what you're going to do today. I ask that you would stand in this my body, Lord. That you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Say to us in this house those things that you would have us know. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said Amen, amen, amen. As a special gift for my son Daniel's 13th birthday, which he just turned 13 uh, some days ago, uh, I took Daniel to New York City. Um, we've been planning it for a while and saving up for it, and uh, we knew we were going to do it uh, soon. Uh, he, Daniel is a diehard New York Yankees fan. And, uh, I mean, so, so I went for him, not for me. You know? <laughs> it was all for him, for his sake. And so Amy and I thought over about a year ago that this would be a great gift. So New York City is a little different than Rochester. If anybody's never been there, most of you probably have. But uh, you probably know that transportation is different in New York City. <laughs> Driving is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, out of the question in the city. Uh, they have subway trains that go all over the different parts of the city. And I can tell you that after I spent a couple of days there with Daniel, um, I wish I could tell you that I'd become an expert, uh, but that would not be true. <laughs> um, I needed all the help that I could get. And so, um, here's how we got around. We asked our friendly phone, right, please tell me where to go. And the phone spoke back to us and it told us where to go and where we needed to be. The closer and more accurately I followed the instructions on this phone, the better off we were. And so I'm like, oh! I'm getting it. No, we got step one, step two. Okay, great. So, okay, let's go. So, it tells me, go into this train. And, of course, I see it. Okay, Daniel, come on, let's go. And I'm feeling like a great, like, dad, like a great leader. You know, like, yeah, I'm leaving my son. I've never been here, but, man, this is cool. And we got in the train, and, okay, we get off the train. We go outside. Okay, what's next? And then it says, get on a different train. <laughs> so, we walk all the way outside. And then I said, oh, we got to go back inside. I have to pay extra money to get on, there on a different train. Because for a moment, I got a little bit of confidence. And I thought, oh, I, I got this. I'm, I'm getting what, what, what needs to happen. Uh, and so we had to go back in. And those of you who know my son, Daniel, you know, just kind of just give me a look at Daddy. And what he meant was, why weren't you looking closely at the directions? Why weren't you looking at what the next step was? Uh, you'd be glad to know that we made it, praise God. And we continued to follow directions very clearly. And I remember from that moment on to do that. And so I put my, if you will, to, to take me around New York City. Anybody, anybody ride the subway here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So for those of you who haven't, it is an experience. It is very exciting. you got to do it before you die. Um, but anytime that we got off track, and we had to go up on, on subway trains and we had to walk different places and even while we were walking, I'm like, this is beautiful. Where are we? I don't know. I have no idea. All the buildings look the same. Uh, we, we did a stroll through a park in New York, Central Park, huge park. I'm like, this is awesome. How do we get out of here? Okay, please help me. And we, we eventually found 
the source of direction. As you can see, there are contractors working on the on the parking lot next to us. Yay. And you know, they've been doing, yeah, praise God, this book, I like that, thank you. And praise God that they have it. But you know, they, they've been doing this for over 20 years. They've been a contractor for a long time. It's one of the reasons why we, we ended up choosing them. But you know, often, before the work was going to start, I got several phone calls that said, can we get the plans for the parking lot? And we got them the plans, and they had to do certain things with it, and they called me back and said, can we get another set of plans? Because they, they had to get some permissions for certain things, and go, yeah, sure. So they came over, and they got the other plans. They're like, just focus on the plans, because they recognize as much expertise and experience as they have, without the plans, it's not going to work. Because the plan tells them, do this. This is how wide, how deep. This is the kind of materials that you need in order to build a successful parking lot. And we want a successful parking lot, right? <laughs> we definitely want that. The drawings provide the direction for the contractors to do the work. They need it. It's their blueprint to go back. And so Paul today is going to talk to us about going back to the source, going back to where it's really at. Because I don't know about you, but in life, sometimes I start off in the right track, but if I don't stay with it, if I don't keep looking in the direction that I'm supposed to, I can get sidetracked. Life can become about other things. Some people get married and have kids and start working. Maybe they start being successful at work, and they start thinking, well, my life now is about being successful at work and making a lot of money and, and trying to provide for my family. But i got to work, 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 work. And in that process, sometimes they forget that the main thing is not the work. The main thing is the family. I do that too, and maybe you do too, in different ways and different things. So here, Paul speaks to the people of Galatia, and to us. Yes? Before you start, I just wanted to tell you, Friday, if I went to the retreat, I came across the street, and I was giving praise to the work of the Lord, and this worker stopped and came over to me. He said, well, thank you so much. No one really, you know, recognizes us or giving us compliments. And so I said, well, thank you. He said, he said that he loved and that he loved the people in the church and that he thinks that they're doing pretty good. So that made me feel good to hear a worker talk about my pastor. Amen. And that he enjoyed, he said he enjoyed doing what they do. Yeah. So praise God. Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And it's not just, you know, with whoever we come in contact with, whether they're contracting with us, or may we as a church be the light of Christ. May we love the people. I mean, I didn't know that guy. You know, I've spoken with quite a few of them. But, you know, we don't never know what's happening in people's lives. When you and I are on track, say on track. And when I say on track, you know, um, it's really staying on track is about being with the right person. <laughs> I don't know about you, and I shared this last week, but when I'm with the right person that I know is kind of looking with me and, and for me, I kind of make better decisions when I'm with the right person. 
the GPS that was faith in Christ originally had been replaced with my own expertise or my own traditions or my own experiences. So Paul began talking to them in strong words. And here, here's Paul. I love it. How many like a straight shooter? People who just tell it like it is. Amen. I yes, I am a I'm a I'm a softy. So I like if somebody's gonna give me something. So I want them to just cover up with a little bit of marshmallow before they give me the tough thing. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. Paul is for the most part not like that. So get ready. Are you ready? Say I'm ready. All right. So here's what Paul says. You foolish Galatians. Isn't that great? <laughs> Whoa. You foolish Galatians. And here's the good news. He's not really Galatians, not to us. So that, you know, some other people can be foolish. <laughs> you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you, Paul. Did you receive the Spirit by the works or by believing what you heard. He said again the first time he asked, Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, say the Spirit, Spirit. are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again I ask, Paul says, Does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you? By the works of the law, or by your believing what you heard. So he starts off with strong words, but he's encouraging. He's saying, "Hey, you started off in a certain direction. You had the GPS of faith in Christ alone is the only thing that was going to get you move, move forward. And, and are you not trying to change that into something else? I don't know about you, but I'm an expert at taking things that are." Good and, and, and great, and trying to change them and make them my own. No, no, I can do it better. You know, sometimes if I'm at the doctor's office and the doctors tell me, you really should do A, B, or C, I think to myself, I didn't know what he's talking about. I know better. Is your journey a journey of faith or of works? And he asks, who has bewitched you? If you've ever seen uh, shows, uh, I'm thinking about those that. Uh, there was a show called Bewitched back in the day, uh, many, many years ago. And there's other shows about this. So the idea is, who has kind of put you into a trance so that you're doing something that you're not supposed to do? I love watching either shows and movies about, about people who, who have some kind of, they hear a code word, and when they hear that code word, they have to do certain things. Right? Their brain has been watched, and so if they hear a certain word or, or something happens, it triggers them. Now they have to do certain and Paul's saying, wait, Galatians, uh, heart and soul family, when you hear the, the true message of faith in 
So I'm walking around as Lewis, and I and I, I don't know God, I don't know Christ. And when I was a teenager, in my, in my teenage years, I had an encounter with God. I heard the gospel message clearly. I felt like for in a way that I never heard it before. And I said, I opened up my heart to God, and I said, I need God. I knew. I felt inadequate. I felt like less than. And I knew that my life was not everything that, that, that was, it was supposed to be. And I heard the gospel message, and I opened up my heart to Jesus and said, yes to him. And when I said yes to him, spiritually, here's what happened. I stopped trying to make it on my own merits. I, it was no longer about what I could do, how good I could be. If I could do more good things than bad, and the balance is there, maybe, hopefully. The problem was, God is a holy God. He doesn't have a balance. He's 100% pure love and pure goodness. And in, in his sight, when I come into the sight of God, I'm automatically, no matter how good I've tried to be, I can never make the grade. But when I put my trust in Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, his sacrifice for me, is taken and is placed on me. And so now when the Father sees me, he doesn't just see me, but he sees Christ in me. Amen? And so Christians can never be proud. Look at me. It can never happen. Why? Because the only reason that we have a relationship with God is because God doesn't just see what I have done, but he sees it, the sacrifice of his son. And so we can walk in that identity as children of God through Christ. When we believe in Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus is released onto our lives by faith. He goes on to say, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Say, children of Abraham. Now, most people, and, and I remember watching a, a World War II uh, show or documentary or something, and, and someone looks at, at someone and says, hey, I thought you were a child of Abraham. What they were trying to say is, you are Jewish. You are a Hebrew. And in that sense, it was not a, they were trying to do it in a derogatory way. It was a negative thing. You were a Hebrew. I said to you a few weeks ago, uh, you know, how many know that John Christian Jesus said that God so loved the world? So God loves the world. God loves everybody. God loves Jewish people, Palestinians. God loves white people, black people. God even loves Puerto Ricans. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? And we'll take it. But I will say that there is something about the, uh, the, the people of Israel that God has had a plan with since uh, the beginning of the story of God. And in this particular case, Paul goes back to that and says, understand that those who have faith are children of Abraham. They become part of the family of God. That doesn't mean uh, that I, I all of a sudden become Jewish. Uh, some of you know that Pastor Joanne, uh, my late wife, is a former pastor of the church. She was, she, I think she was between a quarter and a half Jewish because her daddy was a half Jew. And so, um, according to, you know, if we just took the bloodline straight, you know, she was in, Daniel and Sarah are good, but I'm, I'm left out. I have no, no bloodline there. But, but, but Paul says, but Paul says, understand this, that those who have faith, say faith, are children of Abraham. There's a transformation that happens when we follow Christ. It's not that we become Jewish of bloodline, it is that we become part of the people of God. We become part of God's family. And so the next one says this. Faith opens the door for all, say all, to become children of Abraham. By the way, let me just say pause. The Galatians
missions were primarily non-Jewish, non-children of Abraham. And maybe some would say they were left out. Some of you uh, have had to deal with rejection and feeling left out in Christ and by faith we are welcomed into the family of God. Amen? Faith opens the door for all to become children of Abraham and so belong to the family of God. So belong to the family of God. We're talking about continuing in the spirit, continuing in faith in Christ alone, not thinking that I've got to do this in my own merit. And this is a hard one, folks. I know it personally. I always feel if I did good today, God loves me. But if I did not do so good today, maybe God's angry with me, right? Looking at uh, getting struck by lightning or something. God is not that way. And we're thankful. Scripture goes on to say, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. In other words, there, there's a, a pronouncement that if I try to make everything perfect, if I try to do the law exactly the way it is, I've got to be a good person, I've got to say the right things, I have to have the right thoughts all the time, I have to be perfect according to the law. And if, 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 if somebody fails from that, then you're cursed. But there's good news here. Part of it, the, the entirety of the, the scripture, the entirety of the law of God, you know, it's like you read some, we read some of this stuff, and we think, how can we possibly do all this thing? And so he goes on and says, clearly, no one, say no one, who relies on the law is justified before God. Because the righteous will live by what? By faith. It's a really cool part of the Bible where Jesus is teaching his disciples about forgiveness. And Jesus is saying, Louis, if Zephaniah hurts you and he offends you and he betrays you, you forgive him. Okay, I can forgive some of that. But what if he does it seven times in a row? Jesus says, seven times you forgive him. And the disciples said, what? I've got to for forgive people? That's, by the way, seven eyes not done anything. I love seven eyes. <laughs> amen. If you need a ride or a lift rider, he'll take care of you. Yep. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> so the disciples, so the disciples, Look at Jesus after Jesus has just told them, You've got to forgive. And they say, People, they say, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Because this, I just can't. I need faith to do this. I can't do it by the law. I can't forgive and forgive. I can't do it. So increase my faith so that I can become a person, the kind of person that forgives out of the, the core of who I am. I'm a forgiver. I need trans to be transformed on the inside in order for that to happen. I can't just do it because it's written and I need to follow the law. I need to be transformed. And so the disciples say, increase my faith. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Here's the next one. We are made right with God when we rely only on Christ's work on the cross by faith. We are made right with God when we rely only on Christ's work on the cross by faith. Paul goes on. This Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. I want you to hear this out. Here's the gospel message told in a different way. Listen to this. Christ, the Messiah, Jesus.
Reach! 
this is the promise of the Spirit. Some thoughts for next steps. We'll finish with this. The first one is remember. Remember. Don't forget, but remember that by faith there is hope. And through faith we belong to God. Remember that. And I encourage you to remember it. I encourage myself to remember it. Somebody once uh, was telling me the other day, they were saying, it's amazing, you know, how much you read the Bible and, and how much time you spend with God. And I was telling them, listen, I need the Word of God every day. I mean, it sounds great, like I'm super spiritual or something, but the reality is, if I don't have the Word of God speaking to me every day, I will forget who I am in Christ. I will forget the kind of man that God called me to be. I will forget, because I'm fickle that way. Just about every day, I need God's Word inside of me. Remember. I would encourage you that the best way that I know to remember uh, what God is speaking to you is through the Word. Say the Word. Through the Word. Number two, repent. Repent. For relying on your own strength, for us relying on our own strength, instead of trusting in Christ's strength for us on the cross. Repent. Somebody said the other day, there's a difference between confessing and repenting. I believe confessing is part of repentance, but repenting is I'm going 490 West and I know it's never going to get me to Penfield if I'm in downtown. Because I'm going 490 West, it's going to take me to China or some other unforsaken land. Right? If I want to get to Penfield, I've got to get on 490 East. I've got to get off the exit. I've got to take a different road so that I can go where it is I'm supposed to. Repenting is not just realizing, oh, I'm going the wrong way. I've been driving the wrong way this whole time. That's not enough. Well, the next step is, okay, I realize I'm not going the right way. God, give me, increase my faith. Help me. Give me people around me to help me. And maybe sometimes we just don't want to get off that road, and we just need someone to help us out. We need other cars to come around us and kind of force us off the road. And turn around. So it takes some action. Say repent. For relying on it's natural. We, we we love to rely on our own strength. It's hard to trust God for things that you can do. It was hard for me to trust God in the midst of, of Pastor Joanne passing away. It was hard. I didn't know. People would were, were trying to encourage and say it's gonna be okay and, and the Lord's gonna do something good, and I just couldn't see it. And some of you are there today. You can't see it. I could have never seen that God was going to provide an incredible woman like Amy. I could have never seen that here we are with Samuel and David in our lives and he's such a joy. And I would not have chosen the path, but God did. And I trust him regardless. And he's taken something that was so painful and he's turned it around. And, and even in the midst of memories that still have hurt, because, you know, there's some pain that stays with me. And that's okay. I'm not. I'm not telling you that I, I, don't, I don't ever cry anymore. I cry a lot. But those tears are not despairing tears. They're tears that say, God, I don't understand why everything happened, but I know that you're in control. And I could have never seen what you had for me and for our family. But thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Remember, repent, and finally, receive. Receive today the Holy Spirit. Receive.
receive the Holy Spirit by faith. The Holy Spirit wants to work in you and through you. The Holy Spirit wants to give you direction. The Holy Spirit wants to be able to tell you, even when you don't have, the next step is clear in front of you. No, this is the way you should go. Like, he spoke to me on that day. Worship me. And out of that worshipful time, everything is going to be transformed by, by faith and by grace. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We are open to receiving. 